You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We have the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Not, I'm sorry that I had to um, distract you from you getting the newest console out there. Is everything okay with you on that? Can you do the show today? I can barely do the show. I, I can barely, <laughs> like, again, we might have had to delay this if, like, I had to wait a little bit longer for Amazon because, again, Amazon was the only people that were offering the uh, Xbox One, Xbox Series Xs, so I had to, we had to wait. We had to wait. Again, you only waited, what, one or two minutes? So stop being a baby about this. Is now... I feel like I've been out of the gaming console for a while. The last one that I purchased was a PS3 when it came out. And so that would have been like 08. It was a long time ago. And I loved it, but it's not anything that I need to play video games by myself. But I feel like Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 had a real battle against each other as to what was the better console. And then I feel like PS4 just knocked out Xbox out of the water after that. Am I right about that? No, again, it basically, you know what it is? You know how people argue, again, do those those dumb arguments over which phone is better? Like, yeah. again, gaming console fandom has become the Crips and the Bloods, unfortunately. And people <laughs> will, again, people will sat trip and people will be, like, literally, they'll be like Grove Street Xbox or something along the lines of that. So, like, it's it's fairly stupid. Again, game what you want, what you want to game on. And more importantly, at some point, like, you see, the thing is, Walker, you're missing out on such great games like Fall Guys. Like, again, you would love Fall Guys. It's simple. It's easy. And you can turn it off. And again, it, there's not very low stakes. And then we can do some Twitch streams or something along the lines. I did expect a gaming pitch from you today, but I'm here for it. it the PlayStation 5 does look pretty sweet, though. Like, it, I'm it not going to lie. It is aesthetically pleasing as hell. And so I think if I had to pick one, I would go with the uh, PlayStation 5. I might get on it. We're going to see, though. Like, man, tons of money. Uh, it's like what over four, it's over five hundred bucks is what the uh, the PlayStation with the CD ROM drive is like. Right? Yes, exactly. But again, they have it for everybody. So if you don't need the games on discs, because hello, because of the internet now, you can download games and everything else like that. There's there's ways to get around having to like install stuff on discs. All so right, trust well then, me on this. So maybe I can get one and then play 2K with the new young Hornets roster, even though I don't know if that would equate to a lot of wins for me playing 2K. One, because I suck already, but also because the Hornets roster, it's going to be very young and I don't expect them to compete for a playoff spot, but at least they're giving this two-week period where they can all come together and work with one another in a way they haven't been able to since the pandemic hit the NBA and abruptly ended the season. Not that we were on full swing now. It started yesterday. The entire roster came together, minus two veterans, Nick mm -hmm. Batum and Bismack Biombo, both the veterans that were on this team last year that are not going to be participating with the Hornets in this two-week camp that they have. And um, we can get to that in just a moment. But the other free agents on this team are actually going to participate. Billy Hernan Gomez is going to be with the Hornets. And same thing with Dwayne Bacon. As we mentioned yesterday, all of the young guys that you would expect, Terry Rozier and Cody Zeller, they are the two veterans that are also going to be a part of this camp. And then um, some of the other guys that are interesting, some of the lower level players maybe you haven't heard of or just were wondering about you know, what their roster spot could be next season. 
two of the two-way contracts are going to be with this team. Both of the two-way contracts are going to be with this team. It's Kobe Simmons and Ray Spalding joining the Charlotte Hornets with this two-week period, as well as Trey Phils, the, of course, um, Charlottean. Yes, Bobby Phils' son. Right. And then so you have Joel Perry joining this team as well. KJ McDaniels, Jeff Robertson. And I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. Is it Demayo Wiggins? Demayo Wiggins? I don't know how you pronounce it, but he is gonna be with this team as well. And so, so those are some of the um, maybe players that you're not as familiar with that are gonna be a part with the rest of the roster. Let's go with the two veterans that didn't show up. Not a, any problem whatsoever with Nick Batum and Bismack Biombo opting out. Here's the thing. Would you? So here, here's what. Here's my question. I hate to answer a question with a question, but I continue doing it with you, no matter what. Um, would you put your franchise around a Nick Batum or a Bismack Biombo at this point in the in their careers? No, I would not. Exactly. So uh, again, there are no big deals. They're, like Nick Batum or Bismack Biombo is not making or breaking your um your your camp or your franchise or whatever. The, the least, like, at this point, both of them have been in the league long enough to understand that, hey, these are my, this is what I do well. This is my role. And that means, and I mean that more for Bismack Biombo than I do in Nick Batum because, again, Nick Batum probably doesn't factor very much in the decisions from a co- coaching standpoint. More likely, he the only time they think about him is when the phone rings and someone wants to trade and take that $27 million off the contract, off their books. Like so, which is more if than when the phone rings. It's oh no 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 when 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 somebody wants to get Nick Batum. Yes, because again, I keep telling you, Walker, you do not believe me, and this is a whole other sidebar. That contract is going to be worth a lot more when we figure out what the financials of next season are going to be worth. I because it's coming off of the books, is what you're saying. Like just because people are going to want to have that cap space cleared up the following Mm -hmm. year, just to get just to get solvent, just to get cash solvent. People are again. There are there are owners who, granted, aren't broke, but they hurting right now. They hurting hard. Well, I'm with you on not caring at all about Nick Batum not participating here. One because he's absolutely zero part of the Hornets franchise's future. Like Biz is way more a part of it, and he's not even all that much a part of it. It's just him possibly coming back on a smaller deal where he can be the veteran and maybe give you some big man depth. But Rick Bennell wrote in this article kind of talking about everybody that's coming together. He did say that Nick Batum was not immediately available for comment on this decision to opt out. But he also mentioned that Batum announced on Twitter in August that he and his wife were expecting their second child in January. It would make a lot of sense. We've seen some athletes do this, really contemplate on what they should be participating in if they have a young child or if they are, um, you know, if, if their wife is pregnant then certainly they wouldn't put themselves in that situation that would possibly leave them more susceptible to contracting the coronavirus. So no problems there with Nick Batum. Even if it wasn't that decision, I'd have zero problem with Nick Batum not being a part of this. And Bismack Biombo, I have zero problem as well. Um, his agent is former Hornet guard BJ Armstrong. And mm-hmm. BJ said that Biombo not participating is simply because he is months from unrestricted free agency. Rick Bennell also put in his article in The Observer, he said, quote, um, uh, this is from BJ, by the way. So, quote from BJ, Biz loves Charlotte, and he has a great relationship with his coach, James Brago, and Mitch Kupchak. 
the Hornets general manager. But the short answer is that he's a free agent. That's why he's not participating. So we'll see. It looks like there's still a very good possibility that the Hornets bring back Biz. But there's a reason he's not participating here. And both you and I couldn't care less. Is there anything else interesting, Nada, before we take our, our first break? that with some of these uh, younger guys that are participating, just maybe some of the young core that you have here, everybody being a part of this camp, except for Batum and, and uh, Bismack Biombo. Uh, the one big thing is Billy Hernan Gomez being a part of this, like that kind of surprise that raised an eye, eyebrow for me because I did not expect Billy, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez, who is also a free agent, who's also a guy I kind of expected to be overseas if he did, if he couldn't get a job here. And again, I get why he wants to, again, this is a job audition for him. And maybe he's worked on his game enough to not be so mechanical on defense. And look, I applaud Billy Hernan Gomez for going out there and trying to earn a job. Again, this is a job audition for him. So the fact that he came in, he's going to basically be quarantined with guys he may not be teammates with for two weeks. I I really appreciate that out of him. And that's... That's a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not too surprised about it. I mean, you're mentioning that it's a job audition for sure. I mean, if, if, you, if you have a team that clearly doesn't have a whole lot of big man depth, especially with Cody Zeller being a very reasonable trade piece for this team, then that would mean, of course, you just have that few big man depth, uh, that much less big man depth on this roster. And so this is a, a great opportunity for him to stick with a team that already knows him. Maybe they don't mm-hmm. like him and they'll just allow him to walk out the door. But he sticks with a team that knows him. It, you know, We already know that it's slim pickings with the big guys on this roster. And if the Hornets don't choose a Wiseman or a Kungwu with the third pick or move back or whatever, if they just don't have any of those guys selected at three or at the 32nd overall pick, then the door opens that much more. And I do think as much as we give Billy hell on this podcast, because I Mm -hmm. think his defense truly is that poor. He is a great rebounder and he is a good trash guy where you can throw it in the post. He's got good post moves. He's a strong dude. He was the best rebounder on the team last year. Yeah. And his percentages are always pretty crazy. If you look at his rebounding percentage. So I'm not going to tell you that Billy's not an NBA player. Like I think his defense is just too bad to rely on, but if you Mm -hmm. need some offense and maybe you can just, you know, get by with awful defense or get something out of him on that end of the floor. I still think he's an NBA player. We'll see. You know, it, it's not anybody that I, I truly care about being on this roster, but I do think there's certainly an opportunity with him here because there's just not a whole lot of depth at that specific position. And uh, we'll be interesting to see how some of these other young guys perform there with the Ray Spaldings, the Kobe, Sibin, uh, Kobe Simmons, and uh, some of those other Joel Berry, those guys um, with the Hornets camp for this two-week period. Real quickly, want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. And why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers and rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate too so you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. 
They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We'll talk a little bit more about Michael Jordan, who is in the news. He's going to be participating in a different sport. We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of, I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid, and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to be back. Great to be back on the show. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Nana Michael Jordan being in the news yesterday, something pretty Mm -hmm. interesting. So, uh, Michael Jordan, not only going to be an owner in the NBA, but he is teaming up with Denny Hamlin to form a NASCAR team with Bubba Wallace as the driver for that NASCAR team. And that would market a uh, high profile pairing of a black majority team owner and the only black driver at NASCAR's top level. So pretty interesting here because I remember, I think it was maybe last week that we saw Bubba Wallace actually leave Richard Petty racing. And that became somewhat of an interesting storyline earlier in the sport of NASCAR because of uh, one, them being the only sport that was being televised at that time, they decided to come back. And then with the emphasis on Black Lives Matter in America, Bubba Wallace being the lone black driver in one of the only sports that was back, we really got to see him emphasized. And then we had the whole noose fiasco about you know exactly what, what whether it was purposeful, what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know Richard Petty actually came out in support of Bubba. Um, even though there were some problems with him in the past. I don't want to get down that road, but it is cool to see that Michael Jordan is going to be a black majority owner in the sport that you would least likely expect to have a black majority (laughs) owner and to have the black driver teaming up with him and Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin being a part of this too, a very, very good driver in the sport. What do you think about all of this? Michael Jordan's new endeavor. I think it's a really interesting, like, from a branding perspective, it's really cool. I mean, when you read the statements, you you just realize that this whole thing bonded over the Charlotte Bobcats at the time, but the Charlotte Hornets right now, like this all bonded because of the of the Charlotte Hornets. And when you start thinking about how Hamlin has been a long time season ticket holder, it's a really cool story to begin with. But Jordan doing this with Bubba Wallace, if you've um, I've had the luxury of talking to Bubba Wallace a bunch of times. Uh, Again, I am rooting for him. I wish he would have gone to a more established team, but it looks like, because Rick's story on this, again, the exclusive with um, Jordan opened up my eyes to a a bunch of things. One, this is going to be a partnership of sorts with Joe Gibbs Racing. And I think that's important because that way he gets an established team and they have data and is not one of those sole teams where he's where Bubba's not going from like one situation where he's he's the sole racer on a team and the only bell cow. And he's going he's not going from that situation to another sole situation. And I think having that support, having that data is going to matter. And quite honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic. But at the same time, I'm kind of looking forward to the uh, Jumpman year that's going to come out from this. because Yeah, I, th- I thought some of these comments from Michael Jordan on the subject were pretty cool. He said, quote, growing up in North Carolina, my parents 
uh, would take my brothers, sisters, and me to races. And I've been an NASCAR fan my whole life. The opportunity to own my own race team in partnership with my friend, Denny Hamlin, and to have Bubba Wallace driving for us is very exciting for me. That's got to be cool for Denny Hamlin, man. One, mm-hmm. we, we, I think the, the relationship between the two, it has been pretty well documented. And am I wrong on this? I want to look this up, but isn't Michael Jordan involved or didn't he used to be involved in like motor- in a motorcycle? Yes, 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 he did. That's yes, what I did. thought. Those bikes were sick. Like when they, they had the, the Jumpman logo, I think on the front, like the all white bikes with the Jumpman logo on them. How mm-hmm. excited are you to see this NASCAR that they come up with. Whatever car, whatever kind of paint job they have for it, I'm crazy excited to see what it's going to look like. Look, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait. But you also know that there are going to be some some Jordan ones that Bubba's going to come out with, like some NASCAR ones. <laughs> and quite honestly, the one thing I'm wondering now is, are, is, are the Charlotte Hornets going to be bold enough <laughs> to bring back some sort of NASCAR-related un- unis? For because be. <laughs> because of the brand synergy, you're like, talking about the NASCATs. Is that what you're asking? No, I don't. Uh, no, 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 no. no, no <laughs> you want no, the checkered no. flag down the sideline? I hope not. I hope, but I hope the they get. Uh, but uh, quite honestly, I hope they get. Like, I kind of hope they get some sort of idea to do this and do it like something uh, away from the NASCATs. So, because again, <laughs> those are some of the worst jerseys that aren't the Sean John edition of the Mavs jerseys. <laughs> like, um, those are bad. Those well, are bad. I just want to see the purple and teal NASCAR with the Jumpman logo. I mean, maybe even if you could give me some form of the bike that I have in my head. I can't find it on Google Images, mm-hmm. but the bike that I have in my head, I think it was kind of all white with the Jumpman logo, maybe the number 23 or something like that. Um, I would like to see a version of that on a NASCAR or the purple and teal. Maybe we can get some Buzz City stuff on there. That would I'm, be- I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be the Buzz City colors. I think it's going to be primary Buzz City colors. Probably That would be sweet. I would be so here for that. Could I get you to wear some NASCAR apparel via the Bubba Wallace, Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin team if they come together with some sick concepts? Jumpman comes out with a really fly NASCAR jacket for the Bubba Wallace team. I'm buying it. <laughs> I would love to see it. I'd yeah. be down for it as well. We have one more segment to go. We've talked about it a little bit before, but how much is this whole Denny Advia thing to the Warriors really true? Is it true or is it smoke screens? We'll talk a little bit about our thoughts on that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Donna, we've talked to Rick Bennell about the NBA draft quite a bit. And then even with some of these mock drafts, these most recent mock drafts that have come out. There seems to be a rumor that the Warriors are legitimately interested in Denny Avdia with the number two overall pick, where at the beginning, it makes the most sense to put James Wiseman there because it's been the one hole that they've had on that roster, at least the most interchangeable role. Mm -hmm. where They've had guys that could come in and really help out, whether it be an Andrew Bogut. You know, Kavon Looney was a thing for a while. We, We know that the big man has been the most interchangeable because you have four other all-stars when Kevin Durant was there. Now you have three other all-stars working with that organization and working on that roster. With that being said, 
I could very easily see them going somewhere else. And Denny Avdia might be one of those guys that could fit a little bit better with this team if they decide to continue to focus more on smaller lineups and you know just go with a second rounder or pick up guys um, via free agency to fill the five spot. How real do you think all these Denny, uh, these Denny Avdia rumors are going number two overall to Golden State? Remember yesterday how we said that there are people that probably front offices value a lot more than draft analysts value more. I'm kind of thinking Denny Avia is one of those guys because he does everything well and he's going to be a young, mature guy that's just going to be an NBA sponge. Like I, I'm fairly certain the Hornets are, are high on him, and that's just like just reading the tea leaves on his being them wanting a special player. I think they're not the only ones though. So I like, I think me and you have had conversations off wax where we've said essentially that, Hey, this, again, a lot of these franchises value guys like Denny Avia more than we'd like to, again, like to think. So I wouldn't be surprised if Denny Avia is the number two pick, even if it's for somebody else, because I think it, let's say you're a Washington Denny Avia helps you a lot when it comes to you're going to need a guy with John Wall and Bradley Beal and trading up to get trading that far up to get that. Like Denny Avia helps out a lot of teams. It's just whether he helps out this team does again, it's a totally different discussion, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of teams that fell in love with Denny Avia before this draft. Yeah. And and I guess that includes Golden State. Here's the thing that I'm skeptical about all of this because James Wiseman does make a lot of sense. And there are two guys I think we would also consider to be in a tier by themselves with Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. Maybe Wiseman is somewhere in that tier too. I don't know. But when we're talking about LaMelo and Anthony, it seems like those guys have among the biggest star potential Mm -hmm. along with the Wiseman. And it just is a little convenient for me to see all of these rumors coming out from Golden State. Hey, you know, don't pay attention to this top tier that everybody seems to think. There is a real chance that we take Denny Avdia in order for you to be kind of thrown off of the scent a little bit more. This is this happens all the time in NFL draft circles. There is incentive for NFL teams to throw you off of the path to what they're thinking. And there are there is an incentive for NBA teams to do so. I'm not saying this isn't true because I could see the fit. I could see why you would want Denny Avia for your team. I get the hype there. I just know that there's also some benefits for them to throw out smoke screens because every team does it. Every team honestly mm-hmm. should do it in the NBA draft and NFL draft time. Yeah, no, exactly. But here's the question I have for you. And this is something I just like if people have already basically said there are no stars in this draft. So, okay, let's just assume that there are no stars. There are no home runs. What's wrong with getting a solid double right about now? No, well, I don't. I don't have any problem with that. Nada. Enter the Devin Vassell discussion that I've tried to get you on board. With oh, no, 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 no. See, but here's yeah. the thing. I'm fairly certain Denny Avia is a, is a solid double. I am not so sure that, that, that like Devin Vassell is. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not so well, sure. You're wrong about that. Devin Vassell is a solid double. I would absolutely have no problem with him. Maybe even potential for that thing to somewhat uh, get out of the park. It's going to be close, man. Maybe you hit that ball out and maybe it's going to go over the line. The broadcaster doesn't know it, but um, it is going to be a hit. We do know that with Vassell, yeah. at least in my one opinion. More, one more thing, Walker, because this just came down my Twitter account. 
And, and you're going to find this just as hilarious as I am. So Rolling Stone came out with their list of 500, be- the 500 best albums. Do you want to know what they said was the best rap album of all time? Yeah, let's go ahead and hear it. Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, wow. That's the best one of all time? That's what Rolling Stone is saying. The greatest you know, rap, rap album of all time. The proudest moment I ever had of my niece is when my sister was listening to that album. And then my niece saw the album cover. And um, I think she made a comment about the pencil at the top of the desk in that pencil mm-hmm. holder. And I will not um, lie to you. Uh, I was one that always kind of overlooked it. I didn't realize that there was a pencil <laughs> over at the top of that album. And my niece is the one. My like, I don't know. She probably was like eight or nine at the time. She was like, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. Like, what are you talking about? It's just a picture of this blank canvas with her face on it. And she said, nope, you, you, you see the pencil, right? Like, get it? Miseducation of Lauren Hill. You see the desk? It's like, oh my God, yes, that's a desk. Like, I overlooked that so many times. And I listened to that album. I mean, it's a classic. I, it's yeah, a classic. I'm not going to put it number one, but it's absolutely a classic. And I just never paid attention to the pencil in the pencil holder at the top of the desk, Nada, because I just overlooked the fact that it was a desk this entire time. Here's the thing. Your analogy is exactly what I think about that album. I just overlook it. Like, it's not that to me, to me, it was one of those things like it's a time capsule. You had to be there. You had to be there when the CD came out. And I was like, again, I was in I was in junior high when that came out. And I remember it taking over the world. And then I remember not caring about it afterwards. And to be quite honest, that album has not aged well at all. I'm trying to stifle my outrage right now. I'm yeah. not doing a good job right now. I, I mean, am it's not, not happy number with one. This. I'm not here for it being number one. I don't know if I'd I'm not even here for it being number 10, Walker. No, I'm with you on that. The thing about it, though, is, you know, I'm I'm here. If, if any of those songs I hear on the radio, I'm not going to change it. Like, I still get down with it, man. I'd be I'd be just fine with it. So I don't know if I agree with the aging thing. Um, but yeah, number one, that's a little ridiculous. Real quickly, let's try to get rid of your anger before we end today's show. We did see something from Adam Silver. I think he was speaking with uh, CNN. Bob Costas, yep. Yep, and he said that the NBA season next year would most likely start in January. Any real quick thoughts before we end today's show on the NBA season starting in January, most likely, according to Adam Silver? We're going to... Two things. We're going to start on King Day, most likely, if it starts that, because it makes perfect sense to do it then. A little matinee basketball and MLK Day. God, is there anything yes. better? That's, that's that's the best time. That's like the best time, because that way you get two weeks into January. And more importantly, this, again, gives you the entire summer and you get to avoid... You get to avoid football for the most part. And more importantly, this feels permanent. This feels like a permanent change. Yeah. Like, it just seems it just seems like everything coincides. Like I, I'm not surprised to hear this either. How about some of these rookies though that will get drafted and then bam, it's going to be what like November? Is that right? Mm-hmm. I always forget the NBA draft. They change it so much. But the NBA draft only having a couple of months to work with your team. I wonder if we see worse rookie years. And if we're what's going to be interesting to me to follow is okay at the end of next season and we have maybe some bad rookie seasons, is it going to be because everything was so weird for these guys to get familiar with their roster, have the same kind of appropriate time to get ready for the NBA season? Is it going to be because of that 
that the rookie years aren't nearly as good as previous rookies? Or is it really going to be because of how weak this NBA draft class is? And I think it's going to be really tough to try to distinguish between the two. Maybe we can try to evaluate that once we get there. But I do find that something that I think is going to be hard to try to split into two, which, uh, which is the reason as yeah, to why. No, it's, it's funny because you mentioned that. And I really do believe that we're going to see a record amount of rookies with their G league affiliates to start the year. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I think this was, I think this is coming and I think they should normalize something like that. Like because of the way that we do this, the way that we analyze, again, the way that we want to develop rookies, a lot of these kids are coming in with fewer and fewer ways to play the game or their AAU styles have th- taught them to think about basketball one way and it doesn't do them any favors going to the next level. So we're going to see a lot of these kids in Greensboro, in Sioux Falls, in Grand Rapids. And you know what? It's going to be best for the game because, and we're going to normalize this. Oh, your top five pick was in the G League. That means they weren't ready. No, well, maybe they weren't, but that's going to be okay. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And and maybe, maybe there's not a whole bunch of bad rookie seasons. You know, there's a lot working against them if it's already a weak draft class and you just don't have the same kind of routine that other rookies have gone through. Um, you know, that's going to be harder for coaches to adjust and try to figure out, okay, what is best for this rookie or first year player? Because we know it's worked this way for other players, but we have this two week period. I don't know how much time we're going to have before the season that starts apparently in January. It's just going to be fascinating to see how these first year players respond because already everything's been thrown off in such a big way. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Also, thanks again to rockauto.com for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any episode on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 